Welcome to the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs, bringing you from zero to 60 in the non-fungible token world without breaking the bank. With your hosts, Andrew, aka Rantum, and George from Mostly Stable on Zed Run, who will help you navigate new projects, interview expert guests, and explore NFT trends. So whether you're on your first or 50th NFT, we're going to have something for you. And as a quick note, we are not, I repeat, not financial advisors, and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Alrighty, disclaimer over, let's get to it. Today on All About Affordable NFTs, well, we're talking about a little bit of game of what if, what if you had a 30-second Super Bowl ad designed to promote NFTs. We're just going to talk about that as a as a fun thought experiment, because there's going to be no crypto in this bowl, unlike last year, which is all crypto, less bowl. Anyway, might be some. We got some. We got some headlines coming up, but we'll get. To oh, that. wait a minute! I love news. Is news to me. Well, let's jump into it. What do we have on news? Yeah, let's get right into the news. Um, so this has been a big, big, big news outside of just the NFT industry. There is a somewhat landmark NFT NFT trademark lawsuit that was settled this past week with uh, the French fashion company Hermes. Uh, they won their trademark lo- trademark lawsuit against this artist, uh, last name Rothschild. I can't. It's the Meta Birkins, right? Yes, the Meta Birkins. This is a collection. Mason Rothschild was the name of the, the artist here. Uh, who lost the uh, suit. So this was a, let's see, it was a collection of 100 NFT purses covered in faux fur, you know, very much like a uh, a Birkin bag. I, I guess that is from the Hermes company. I'm not entirely <laughs> um, up to date with all of audience, these. But with, with, with the, people that these, know, uh, no. High-end fashion <laughs> uh, names. But the artist was citing fair use, trying to say that it was somewhat like the uh, Andy Warhol's Campbell Soup series, type Campbell Soup cans series. But that did not hold up here. So, you know, interesting, you know, we, we've we've seen many people or many creators sort of take uh, the stance that, you know, the blockchain is sort of free reign. And, you know, we, we've, we've talked about this many times in the past that it's clearly not. There are, are there are still laws in place. And, you know, we see that right here in, in this company uh, winning this suit against the artist. You know, I, I don't think that it's, I mean, you know, I think there's some people trying to, to, to use this as maybe uh, more meaningful against the NFT industry, like saying that these that there isn't much precedent, but there you know there is clearly uh, a difference here in using somebody else's uh, essentially their IP to to create this NFT versus you know what we see in, in most of the the or what we say is the real are the real NFTs that are uh, creating their own uh, original work and aren't necessarily taking it so. You know, I'm not looking at this as any sort of strike against NFTs as a whole, but I do find it uh, find it uh, find it an interesting case and and find it interesting how this was settled. Yeah, the current floor that I can find on at least looks rare. I'm having a hard time on OpenSea. I think they may have delisted it. Is 2.5 ETH. So the uh, the market is responding a little bit here, I think. But in general, I completely agree. Just because it's new technology doesn't mean it's new laws. And that's a big stretch to say I've crossed domains with Campbell's Soup with Andy Warhol versus I've taken the artistic asset and brand and then also tried to sell it to the same people. Um, I think this is an important one. This is why, you know, 
This is yeah, and then, why we don't have nice things right now and should have nice things on NFTs. Right. And, and when this came out, I think there was some confusion as to whether this was an official collection from from the company or not. And I think that's a big part of, of, of the, the reason for how this was settled. Yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, oh, man. So we have seen Jack Butcher's Checks NFT collection. This is this was an open edition collection. This has now surpassed uh, Basie, the, the Board of Yacht Club, in trading volume. This is pretty amazing. This was an eight dollar uh, mint originally, in in homage to the the eight dollar fee for the Twitter blue. This is a blue check mm. from uh, from I guess prolific Twitter uh, <laughs> verified. I like yeah, elite uh, enough to get this thing kind of thing. Yeah, status, yeah. And status. so this this collection is going crazy. It's definitely kicked off. I mean, I shouldn't say kicked off. There were already open editions going on. He's he, he sort of jumped on that bandwagon, uh, but man, this has has risen to, to uh, much further than most of these open editions. As we've mentioned, most of those open editions end up going under the mint price afterward. Um, not the case here. What do you do? You have you, did you look up the uh, price here? I was about to do that. The floor here on this collection. Yeah. So what I see here. Oh my gosh, the floor price is one point eight ETH. Well. Wow. That would have been a nice open one to, to jump on yeah. top of. Again, that was $8 <laughs> at the open edition. So, and again, open edition means as many uh, as many as you want to mint, yeah, as many six... people are willing to mint during that yeah. time. Um, there's 16,000 of these things, though, according to, you know, listed on OpenSea. So, impressive. Dreams can come true. All right. So, the man, one of the other big, big uh, news, big big developments in the NFT world, Bitcoin NFTs. We touched on this in our last episode, but it's uh, it's not going away uh, so far anyway. Ordinal punks have emerged as a leading collection here. There have been over 48,000 inscriptions now to make these NFTs on the Bitcoin, uh, on the Bitcoin chain. <laughs> I'm not as familiar, honestly, with with uh, how to, they, on exactly how these are, hmm. On the technology like the side, ordinals, oh, uh, ordinals is like the layer, and like punks are on that, so they're just calling it ordinal punks. Right. Uh, of course, I mean we've seen this on other on you know, Optimism on on other uh, L2s on uh, the the first NFT or the the first one of the first NFT collections tends to be a punk collection. Uh, you know, of course, in in, uh, in homage to the the Ethereum punks collection, but I you know there's some there's some. I think there's some legitimacy here. I don't think this is necessarily just a flash in the pan that's going to go away. I think that there's, you know, maybe because it's controversial, you've got enough people on the the, the Bitcoin, you know, hardcore maxis Bitcoin that really maxis don't do like, it, like it, do not like building on top of Bitcoin. And, you know, you've got some of the, the sort of naysayers from the, the Ethereum side who think it maybe should only be on Ethereum. So, you know, it's controversial enough. And, yeah, you know, I, I think there's... There's enough here that um, it's it's interesting. I'm definitely keeping tabs on this one, um, and it's I can't say that I normally am all that interested in in new developments in Bitcoin because there generally aren't any. So hey, uh, that's a yeah. win, I'd say. There are only a hundred of these two, and they're expensive to deal with because they're on the uh, you know a network that doesn't expensive, really support. Slow. I mean, they've had to extend the the one megabyte limit of. Uh, these block sizes using what they say the taproot soft fork. I mean, all of his wish to say is like this thing was not meant to do this thing. 
However, I believe people are paying money for this thing. Yeah, and you've got the security of Bitcoin behind that. I mean, it is a it is super secure. That's been part, you know, that is part of why people are are so um, hesitant to to change to to building on top of of, of the digital rock. All right, so we've got a new NFT. Let's see, a new NFT. It's not from Rihanna. It's it's from somebody that had equity in an NF. Oh, I'm sorry, in a song and a track of of Rihanna's. Uh, it's Rihanna track from I think it was 2015. Um, and this is an NFT. Let's say it's 300 pieces um, that will. So owners will receive a 0.0033 percent. Um, share of the song's future streaming royalties. Obviously, not a huge, you know, a, a huge financial. I, I can't imagine that will ever amount to a whole lot of, um, financially. I do think this is an interesting uh, use of an NFT here uh, that you can actually get for streaming royalties from somebody else's work. Um, I haven't seen that one. You know, it's definitely not what we typically talk about when we talk about royalties in the the NFT space. Yeah, I think Snoop Dogg also recently did one on Sound XYZ mm -hmm. on the platform. Uh, pretty popular. Look, I'm I'm excited about this, but I am incredibly worried. If you're thinking like, oh my gosh, here's like a rush, especially with SEC news about questioning oh, staking and whether or not this is a security. And in which case, I have a hard time understanding how this isn't because it is a promise of a future reward based on a current asset. And I'm pretty sure that's what a security is. Although, who knows? It's new technology. I'm sure, sure laws don't apply. Hey, it's just a picture on the blockchain, right? Well, I would just say if you're jumping into these things, just yeah. be aware of the potential issue of, of taxes uh, mattering a little different on this one, I'd say. All right. So the Grammys just happened recently, apparently, did it? Necessarily noticed, I, but I did watch the Grammys. All right, so this headline here is about the AI artist Rafik Anandal, uh, also a relatively prolific NFT artist. He's released a number of NFT collections, uh, many of them AI based, um, not all of them, I believe. Though. Um, but uh, saying that he was the real breakout star of of the awards, um, did you? I don't know. If, did you notice any of the the? the graphic, the art that he did during the I mean, show. Um, but I just thought this was cool. Like, honestly, with background, it wasn't front and center for me. Like they weren't like talking about it on the show as like, hey, here are NFTs. Here's a thing. It just like, it, you know. Yeah, no, well, they, they don't, I mean, I don't think there was any NFT aspect to it. You know, he, this was, it was separate. It was his AI work. He's done a lot, I mean, oh, he has I done a lot you. of AI work that has made it into uh, to MoMA in New York um, and other you know major museums and, and but he is also a a big NFT artist so oh, I okay. I just like seeing this I think cool. that there's that these things are converging and you know there's some hesitation still but uh, you know when you see that the artists that are maybe gaining more recognition are into this I think that is a positive for the uh, NFT space. I mean, that's a huge opportunity. Can you imagine if they were like, hey, look, this is the background. If you want to buy these, like it just mm -hmm. got national exposure. They look cool. And you're like, well, yes, there'd be some problem us there. Like, uh, I, I think here's what I would say. If, if, if NFT mania was still going on, you better believe the Grammys would have been posting those out. Yep. Yep. So we just, you know, setting some, setting some good place now for that next wave, right? All right, so we've got more uh, art NFT, um, or, or there may be a PFP, depending on your, your uh, opinion of the 
punks, the crypto punks uh, project. Uh, but they, the Yuga Labs team, you know, that they own the, uh, the IP are to the CryptoPunks project. They just donated a second CryptoPunk to the Pompidou, a museum in France. They recently, they donated, this is the second uh, donation they've made. They've donated one in the past to uh, a museum in Miami. I can't recall the the name of it. It was a modern art museum there before uh, Basel, I believe that was. Uh, and they talked about this, about setting aside punks to donate to museums over time. And, you know, they are, they're following through with that and trying to, you know, really make a play to, to, to make these part of art and, you know, a major, in major collections. Um, and I, I, I do, I like that. I like that they're trying to do this, you know, it's as, you know, it's a PFP collection. And I think there is a strong case that these are art as they, uh, you know, as they weren't just a copy of, of another animal or, or something else that was already there, it really was uh, more groundbreaking in that way. I have to say, this is so smart. This is so smart on so many levels because it, again, offers provenance to the collection. And by the way, when you donate art, I'm using the word donate, art to a museum that is a nonprofit, guess what you get to do? So there's a world where you're donating to offset your earned income uh, or any appreciation on that. And suddenly this is interesting, right? Because uh, it, it's a way to decrease your taxes while increasing the net value if you're a holder of multiple of, of these things. So uh, I think there is a um, there is a clever nonprofit museum or digital museum strategy here. Like if I were, <laughs> eh, if I weren't as busy, I would say there's an idea for you out here. Create a digital museum file for a 501c3 accept donations and you know proceed mm -hmm. i think it's a great idea <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong remember this is legal advice yeah i mean I we're be very specific and if this goes wrong i want you to find andrew because you can't Would tell you... our voices apart you find any, <laughs> find random would you say it. that a digital museum in crypto voxels would count as a way to share this? <laughs> all that matters, legitimately, all that matters is the 501c3 uh, filing through the IRS. Once you have that and your oh boy. social impact public agenda mission is to uh, improve the access to great fine art on the digital layer, insert emoji, like, I don't know, you got to play. All right, going the other way with NFTs, <laughs> away from art. We're going to this, oh man, this idea that just keeps coming back. We've got a second property sold via NFT. This is a uh, Rootstock. We talked about this when they first sold the property. Rootstock is a company that does mostly turnkey type of property sales to investors that are looking for properties that they can rent out, usually single family homes. I think that's primarily what they deal with. So the... Uh, they're very digital based anyway. They are often selling to people who are not inspecting, not looking at the homes themselves. Uh, they have sold another via NFT. Obviously this takes a lot of off-chain, uh, <laughs> off-chain off -chain contracts, real, you know, legal contracts um, in the sense that there's, man, buying and selling property is, there's just a lot of people that are, uh, that, 
are in the process. And so I'm, I'm not entirely clear on how this makes it so much better or who this is benefiting, what we're actually doing with the NFT part of this still. It's one that I, you know, I, as much as I am, ah, I am so, you know, pro NFTs it's, and, and I, I, you know, I, I know a lot about the frustrations of real estate uh, transfers, and I don't necessarily see how this solves it. What have you been, have you been able to figure out like, how is this beat? How, what is this solving? What is this making? What part of the process is, is this improving? I think it is bridging liquidity between cryptocurrency and IRL real estate, which is one yeah. of the most solid stores yeah. of value. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess for just, that's true for, for just right? bridging like, that. Yeah, that's true. Right there, like that. And I, I okay. think there is a company that's going to get this right and make it a heck of a lot easier to sort of like own, and I'm doing air quotes, own the, the sort of like rights to this property or ownership of this property, but also get yield from it because there's going to be a management company running it on the side and a DAO will come mm -hmm. in and be like, mm -hmm. I want to have 10 properties. Here is thousands of ETH and like, let's go to town. This one sold for $180,000. So for the price of, you know, a yeah. handful of crypto punks, like I could have an asset. And if right. someone's managing it and kicking back ETH to me, I'm like, brilliant. If I'm a DAO, I'm like, yeah, let's just park on my money here. I think there's a lot of interesting things that could happen with this. I think it could be a bridge to an affordable housing that has uh, needs for uh, upfront investment and has yield potential. I don't know. I'm bullish on this. I think it's messy. All but right. All right. Yeah, I can, see, I can see how that works, especially as we're seeing more banks crack down on fiat on and off ramps, um, naturally banks, even uh, governments maybe crack down yeah. on, on and off ramps. If there are companies that are willing to exchange crypto for uh, a IRL to, for real world assets, you know, whatever we're talking about. I mean, these are, yeah, that's a, that's a big use, um, use case and, uh, uh yeah, overlook that part of it. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got another one. Man, we've got a lot of headlines today. Uh, we've got another one about the ex-COO of uh, Proof, Ryan Carson. Uh, if you remember, he tried to launch a fund, or he did launch a fund about the did. day yeah. after that they were... Uh, sorry, Launching part, Moonbirds? That? Moonbirds. It was a Moonbirds mint, yeah. right? So now he's... he's. I, I think this is actually... I'm assuming this is the... The fund that he was originally talking about uh, raising, that I think at the time he was about forty million. Looks like it was scaled back, unsurprisingly, to about ten million. Although there are uh, some issues there, is that he had uh, he had seventy nine spots remaining and only had um, let's see, he was asking for a minimum of one hundred and sixty thousand, but it was pretty clear based on how much he had received that those first uh, twenty one investors were able to invest at a, a much uh, lower threshold for the same amount of shares as uh, as those uh, as the additional 79 we're going to get so you know a lot of a lot of backlash i mean honestly i don't understand who's putting money in with him at this point i can't i know you said that you know if you spend enough um you know on people to just you know be on discords and, and everything it just feels like he's uh, he, he doesn't have a good name in the space and um, I mean, I was surprised to see that he was still still getting this far, but this does not look good. One thing I will give twi uh, crypto Twitter is that uh, they're they're good with numbers, yeah. <laughs> so be careful because math 
and blockchain. Yeah, absolutely. Man, this one surprised me. So this SoRare MBA, we talked about this SoRare MBA collection, our project that's come out recently. This this looks like top shot kind of numbers. Giannis on a coupo. You know, I can pretend to say I, I, I pretend to know Better how to say I that, done. <laughs> that that name. The NBA star had an NFT sell for a hundred and eighty-seven thousand. I mean, that I had no idea that that. that that this collection, this project was getting that sort of uh, so volume. For those of, of you number. watching at home, you could have I, bought a house or you could have bought uh, Giannis. Right? So, hmm. look, I don't know, you know, uh, this is one, it's, you know, could be one single sale. It definitely had me, it definitely got, caught my eye, you know, which may be part of of the, uh, <laughs> of, of the purpose, or, you know, the point here, maybe why this sale got through. Um, but it does remind me of Top Shot Days. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not rooting for so rare. I know that so rare has had a lot of success. The uh, in soccer, um, in you know, football, whatever you may call it. And you know, I, I'm glad to see that they're getting into the NBA. You know, because it's, it's, I don't know, NBA continues to be the only American sport that seems to have any traction in, you know, any real traction in the NFT space. I'm getting confused with, you know, NBA Top many, Shot right? owning some of this, but now SoRare owns yeah. some of this. And, I don't, you know, just, I, don't like, I, that I like that this, yeah, I, I would stay back away from this until there's provenance of extractive, whatever train, whatever train and chain you're going to run on. Just a note, an autographed Giannis rookie card in the real world and a piece of game worn jersey embedded into the card, sold for $1.8 million in September of 2020. So this is someone who can command pretty high collector uh, collector fees. But wow. again, if if basically, you know, Switch So Rare with insert blockchain here can just run on and say, hey, can we have a relationship and push out product? Like, I, you know, question mark. All right, a couple other quick ones. Another one of those, uh, you know, people combing the copyright registry or trademark registry. Notice that uh, Walmart, Walmart <laughs> has uh, filed for some NFT crypto trademarks uh, with the or under their Sam's Club name. Uh, you know, nothing big there, but you know, again, I think this is just showing that there are major companies you know taking this seriously. It's not necessarily just going away. And all right. We got an interesting one here. I don't know. If, I mean, it's it's ridiculous, but we've got Def Jam, Def Jam Records. They're teaming up with Catalina Whale Mixer, of course, the Solana NFT project. I, I uh, if you know, we don't know anything about Solana, but this is apparently a, a Solana NFT project, and they're launching an NFT band. I, you know, we've seen a couple attempts at this. Uh, you know, I think this is, I think the, the labels just realize if they can own. If they can actually own the band and never have to pay any anybody else, it's a pretty good model for them. Yeah, the trick is, you know, the whole music thing. But yeah, right later. I, I think they, I don't think that's the first thing on their minds for some reason. Now that's that'll sort itself out. All right, now we got a couple of Super Bowl headlines. I left these for last just because it would okay. uh, help us segue into our our topic. Uh, so. We've got Reddit. Of course, this is not an NFT. Reddit dropping. I think they've already dropped over a million of these digital collectible avatars. Uh, Super Bowl. What are we? We're Super Bowl. What is it? Fifty-seven. These are. Yeah, I. You know, I, I, I've yet to actually. Do you have any? Uh, 
um, of these the Reddit, Reddit collectibles. I don't. Yeah. I can't get on the handle of these uh, simply because I, it, it, you know, it, it's a crypto kitty situation where I don't understand what yeah. it is, which means the number so of many. Right. things running around. And if it's so many, and I'm not dedicating again the time necessary to understand rarity, scarcity, and I'm not paying attention at a frequency necessary to like time the market on something like this. It's cool to so see. You're not you're not <laughs> on Reddit and drinking your Starbucks trying to earn NFTs each day. No, not right now. <laughs> not, not so much. All right. Yeah, I do think it's interesting. You know, I mean, Reddit it's died down a bit, but it's impressive. That's all. I mean, over a million of these uh, claims so far. So you know, as long as you don't call them NFTs, it seems to be working. And yeah, the fine. other, uh, you know, maybe the only uh, crypto ad we may see. Limit break. We talked about this, I think, last week. I know we've mentioned it in the past. Uh, the company behind Digi Gaiku, they are planning a Super Bowl ad, as we discussed, and they are going to give be giving away thousands of NFTs. Um, as discussed, the 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 founder there has talked about the potential for of what can be done with free NFTs. So you know, be ready to claim <laughs> if you are watching the Super Bowl. That's right. I forgot that they did have. I said there's no crypto ads in it, but there are very, very few. (laughs) As a recording, we could drop this whenever we want. We're recording this before the Super Bowl, but yes, there's at least one we're seeing here. Yeah, and I remember this Limit Break Super Bowl ad for uh, you know a game, NFT based game. We'll see. uh, We'll see how they do. We're all rooting for you, but I'm pretty sure the pitchforks will be out. Yeah, right. Yes. All right. Well, there's a lot of headlines today. You know, we, we, I don't know. It seems, seems like they're, they're adding up when we, uh, uh, when we do the podcast less frequently when we, the way we've been doing it recently. Um, but I think that's it. So why don't we get into our, our topic today, George, you, this is yours. So why don't you, why don't you introduce the topic here? Alrighty. I just sort of had the fun thoughts since last year was, in fact, the crypto bowl where many an organization uh, was spraying and praying uh, crypto toward the general population. And I'll just say also, I was like, oh, this is going to make a difference when Matt Damon gets up here and talks about why I need Larry David to tell me, LeBron James to tell me that crypto is a thing or not a thing. Um, Larry David right in the end. Was it either one that was all he skeptical? May, he may have, <laughs> right now, it feels like he's got a bit of a last laugh. Uh, it would be funny if somebody paid him to do an anti-anti. Yeah, uh, right. But again, this year, they're, they're saying in terms of the narrative that FTX stole, uh, I'm saying this, stole everyone's money before they could waste it on a Super Bowl ad. So, you know, one grifter got it before another could. Fine. Uh, but what if, here's the hypothetical for us uh, and for you, Andrew, to think. What if we were given $7 million, um, oh, sorry, uh, 4,630 ETH, uh, four of the 32nd. A lot easier for me to process. <laughs> 7 million, I was trying to convert it. 7 million. I don't, I don't, I don't really understand. <laughs> what we t- yeah, so you were given <laughs> 4,630 ETH, uh, four of 32nd, uh, to move the needle on NFT adoption as a whole. How would you approach it? What would it involve? Go. Oh, man. Man, that's a, that's a tough one. You know, if we're really just almost like a awareness campaign or, or you know, don't hate NFTs, right? I mean, it seems like what we need, um, you know, but I, I think we've learned something in, from from Reddit and it's what we 
just mentioned is don't call them NFTs, you know, make people understand that there's something else to these. I think the term NFT, I mean, we may end up having to literally might have to scrap that in order to, to make this, uh, technology, um, uh, more appealing to, to the masses. I think it's got such a bad name right now. So I think the idea of trying to, to, I mean, digital assets, digital ownership, expressing that part of it is a, is a big part of how I, how I would approach this, um, you know, on at first glance here. So some elements that I was like thinking about, you know, I think you'd want to have a clear explanation of what these things are and kind of what they aren't, uh, or maybe even an opportunity to like rebrand them as, I'll just go ahead and say Onis uh, or non-NFTs. Uh, so you really, you don't start with the NFT, but you explain um, the use yeah. case of something on chain. And then I think, you know, moving into something like of uh, impactful visual, because that's really, at least right now, how we're interacting with a lot of NFTs online is this powerful visual that, you know, can prove and show ownership of. Uh, and And so I think there's an opportunity there. And then I'm, I'm lost on what like a call to action would be. You know, you're like, clearly you have to sell something. I mean, a but... QR code and then go do something else, I think is, I mean, we have seen that that has, that was super, that part worked very well for Coinbase. Correct. They got people to go Solid to their mystery, sites yeah. so much so that they crashed the site. And I think there is still something to that, especially because you need, I mean, you're looking at people that are relatively digital savvy, ready to, to, take that next action. So I think just getting them, I mean, if you got somebody to bring to get their mobile phone out, scan a QR code and go, I mean, you're, you're, you've got them almost there. I mean, if you can actually claim something and even just do it, you know, maybe through a proxy type wallet where you can use an email address and they set, you know, and then, you know, they can set something up for you. I mean, that's, that's a pretty easy something to get people to take an action and, and you get that wallet. We know that that is a huge part and I, I, I man, that, that is part of it. I, I, but I think the other part is trying to maybe even explain, explain some of the problems, not even explain, but, you know, show some problems that we, that, that NFTs can solve. I and mean, I think one of them is really just the ownership of, of, of different assets. I mean, one of them is, is, you know, our digital assets, you know, we're talking a lot of digital art, as you said, visuals have been a big part of it. And I think that helps people understand these, you know, as we know that there's, there's so much more to this when you get into it, you know, they can unlock. You could use this for for token gating. Oh man, I just realized a headline I completely yeah, completely missed. But anyways, I, you know I think we can get into that. But I think that's also it's a little harder to explain that part in especially in a thirty second ad. I think the visual part, trying to show um, that something can be owned, something can be proven, provably owned in a digital way, and trying to I, I can't think of exactly how you do it, but something about that right click save uh, mentality of you know, this is a way to actually sort of combat the the bot type issue that that we're we're seeing everywhere. You know, whether I mean everywhere, you don't know what's real or not. I think that trying to convey that message that 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 when something is minted, you that is how you can look back and see the ch the entire chain of ownership and when it was created. And that part is now put into thirty seconds. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to do that. That's not not my forte. <laughs> Yeah, I had one thought here is like throwing it at the emotional peel uh, of the timelessness of this art. I think we have a hard time wrapping our heads around it when we're looking at like, you know, a pixelated image of something silly. 
as opposed to, you know, you could flat fast forward in time, someone like click, click does a thing, but then suddenly you're at a moment of passing it on to the next generation and it's mm -hmm. full, you know, mm -hmm. frankly, it's, uh, it's full value in the sense of like, it is as it was created, uh, appears the same way and carries a story of like, yeah, this was the first NFT. Like what was your first NFT as you pass it on to the next generation? Uh, because that that's what's going to happen. Someone's going to inherit your your NFT. Either, frankly, the, the likelihood, I'll just say this, that crypto blockchain technology dies before you do is not likely. Ergo, the junk in your wallet is going to be passed on. I feel like there's something that you can play with in terms of uh, that value being carried forward. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I, I like that idea. I think there really is something to the just to the legacy of digital assets and, and trying to appeal to that emotional side of, I mean, we already understand what it means to own things and to pass things down and trying to translate that to a, to a digital age is, is, I mean, it's difficult, but I think that is, is the way to approach it. I also had this weird thought around, you know, we having all these like different types of drops, but there have been these types of like own a pixel of a larger picture. Uh, plays that we have seen with X copy. And then also mm -hmm. just been like, you know, I've seen experiments run on top of Reddit or other social media platforms where they let mm -hmm. folks just sort of click and edit random parts of, you know, a 10,000 or a hundred thousand pixel screen and create various things. And I think that might be an opportunity for a large base collective art project that is then, uh, sort of, you know, you QR in, you get your square and you can modify it however and have a, a fun dynamic of letting people get to actually play with it rather than, frankly, what I unfortunately see is the the leading headline for NFTs, which is the commoditization and can it make me rich quick? Uh, yeah. Actually yeah. letting somebody have fun with it, generating some art with an overall message of like, you guys are all goofballs. Like we let, you know, 10 million abyss and we ended up with a penis. Now mint it. Yeah. And I feel like that would be like that. That really does say it all, doesn't it? Or, you know, you'd have a, you know, an interesting collage of people working together. Yeah. I imagine we'd end up with a big 69 or something if it was really like yeah, two. Correct, two. <laughs> <laughs> somebody would buy enough of them to do something, right? So in the meantime, by the way, somebody would buy enough of them to like control um, a visual, but you'd have attention in one spot, collective art being generated and. Uh, I, I think uh, the, I think the visuals are a big it. part of this. I mean, there's a I think there's a reason. I mean, we know there's a reason why NFTs got so much attention compared to to uh, faceless, nameless token or not nameless, but faceless tokens. Um, you know, they definitely capture people's attention in a different way, and I think that leaning into that is important here. I think giving people the letting people in ex experiment with you know, what it means to create art. And I mean, I think even generative art is, a, is an easy way to kind of show people what it means that things can be, so many things can be created and then you can mint specific ones. And I think that's the, I think it's an interesting concept for people to, to, to use to approach this and that you can have a million different instances of, of something created and choose to choose or, or make it a feature or whatever to, to only mint three of them. And understand that 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 part is what makes it more. Um, it will you can go back and see it, but it's also what makes it more valuable in the end. It, it, that you 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 can save it. It's not just on your computer. You can actually see when this thing was generated, when it was created, and 
really look back to the entire history of that. I think that's a powerful thing. I think the idea of, of a simple uh, art generator is also one that people can very much understand so much easier than they can understand. You don't have to understand anything about a value of it at that point. It's really just interacting with with the technology and um, and, a, and a nice looking picture. Yeah, I, I would say there's also an opportunity if you're just talking about a mass understanding of something is changing the narrative on the environmental impact of NFTs, which I feel like folks probably took a, <laughs> took a snapshot in time being like, NFT, bad environment, done thinking, rage. Yeah. Right. Like I would do a, a sort of side by side of like the, you know, the next Picasso is currently working on the most environmentally friendly, blah, blah, blah. And then Ooh. you just show like, here's the paint, you know, here's what was involved. Here's the canvas. Here's where it's going to store it. Like you just follow the life cycle of a painting. And then on the other side, you just have one flat line of like environmental impact of this, like flat line, as opposed to the other one keeps climbing up just in terms of just like, by the way, this is a thing. Yeah. You said something there that, that. Uh, made me think. I think another way to to market this is to the creator side, almost along the yeah. lines of what Apple and Adobe and, and some other companies have done in showing that you can you can mint your work and you can make it last. You can be a you can show somebody really toiling away at their digital work, and you know there's just there's there are ideas out there. There are people that hold ideas that somehow a digital work isn't a digital piece of art isn't real art because it isn't. You can't touch it. And, you know, we know that there are digital artists I mean, that are incredibly skilled at their, at what they do because they, they do spend so much time doing it. They know what they're doing and they really are dedicated to what they do. And I think trying to express that and show people, you know, you can relate to that, whether you are a creator or not, but showing that there is this side to it, that people are creating. And this is what, like you said, the next Picasso, that's, that's where the next Picasso is, is working. It's not, you know, they're, they're not working on a canvas right now. That's, you know, that's, it's not what's happening. You know, it's not the groundbreaking uh, work that's happening in, in the art world at this point. Or I would just get like super scammy about this and just pump one artist that I own a bunch <laughs> of and being like, this is the next big thing. And they just like, don't <laughs> pay for itself. What you'd really do, right? How would I make a profit on a Super Bowl ad? That. Yeah. Well, I think you <laughs> maybe you gotta sell the Super Bowl to, to make that a profit. Very, right? very, like, I went from very, very high-minded to just like, all right, let's go big greedy. Uh, yeah, well, you see how the crypto space operates, it, ha- it happens does, quickly. It feeds your the brain. The greed in. really sets in and man, that was kind of George. <laughs> yeah, well. I started hot on it. Uh, all right. Well, it'll be fun to see what Super Bowl ads come about. And I'm, I'm yeah. willing to bet that there are going to be some open edition, open edition things that like are going to be running during that period of time because there are a lot of copycats and it's super easy to do. So um, over that is, under one prediction one crypto ad. Oh, oh, this I is mean, we know there's going to be one. We know there's there will one, be more so. than one. I mean, I think, mm, yeah, I think there'll be more than one. I think somehow somebody will yeah, mention that's a safe crypto, bet. More than but one I think that's also one. because crypto is becoming less of a specific category when you see a lot of uh, other, a lot of companies getting into it in different ways. 
Exactly. It's becoming like, you know, how many, you know, it's like how many commercials for electricity are you going to say? Like, uh, I mean, it, you know, not many. many? Tech, tech HTTPS, has, I mean, making you know, a comeback. The idea of, of keep using us as an like, industry. Yeah. <laughs> as a reminder, the internet's still here. Use us. <laughs> but all right, that does it. Um, go birds for the record. Oh, that's right. You're, you spent some years in Philly, didn't you? Yeah, so go, go birds. If there is anything, uh, yeah, I'll be trying to get some some open editions of random stuff. So we'll see what happens next week and uh, what's in your wallet. All right, see you later. All right, bye, George. This has been an episode of the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs. The episode notes and resources may be found at... 3ANFT.com in our show notes. Again, 3ANFT.com. And that reminder, don't bet what you can't afford to lose. Remember, we are not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Thanks for joining us. I hope you learned something.